Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Yes. Hello, everyone. Happy Black History Month to you all out there. Um, it is doesn't feel like it. It's been uh, Virginia is uh, like hell right now. Everybody's doing blackface. Politicians are in trouble. Uh, KKK Halloween costumes, all kind of craziness. Uh, so the moral fabric of the country is ripping apart as we speak. And uh, I don't believe in the future of this country, but you know, hey, you know, on the bright side, it's Monday. So you get to work all week and it's going to be extra long and Friday will come eventually or something, I guess. I don't know. Uh, tried to find a silver lining, not really finding one. Uh, how's everyone doing out there? I'm Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in True Crime, Francis Evans. What up? Uh, folks, uh, there is not really much good for me to talk about. I mean, obviously it's Black History Month, so it's, I could talk about Martin Luther King and Charlie and Shirley Chisholm and Little Richard not getting the credit he deserves for, you know, pioneering rock and roll and all that kind of stuff and how Chuck Berry is amazing. I can talk about all that kind of stuff, but, you know, you guys should you guys should take those journeys on your own and really appreciate uh, some of the people, uh, you know, uh, who, who uh, was it, uh, Benjamin, who, who made the peanut? Who uh, made peanut butter? Benjamin Car- Carver? Something like that. Uh, you know, plenty of, plenty of uh, heroes out there, and um, you guys should take that journey, like I said, and, and, and discover those people for yourself. It's not our job to to tell you about black history. It's your job to kind of, you know, discover it. So I I, I challenge you all in the month of February or at any point in the year, because there's plenty of amazing black, you know, entrepreneurs and business women and all those kind of people to to look up to and inspire. And, 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 you know, Jay-Z used to sell crack in the 80s, and now he's a billionaire (laughs) off just sure ingenuity and entrepreneurship, period. You know, like... That is an amazing American story, and I think it should be appreciated more. Uh, Beyonce, wife of Jay-Z, mogul, billionaire as well, amazing performer, probably the most amazing performer of our generation because Michael Jackson's not our generation, so she is. Yeah. You know, Oprah, don't even get me started. You know, those thighs, those (laughs) eyes, that bank account. She has her own network. She's a superstar. So... Um, I challenge you all to just go out there and just learn about a black uh, uh, entrepreneur or, you know, a civil rights leader and, and just, you know, kind of appreciate it. But that's not our job here. And like I said, nothing really happened this week. So 
let's just jump into these good vibes because I'm feeling kind of yucky. Everybody's got black face paint on. It's just been a gross, gross uh, week and people just, oh God. So let's get into these good vibes and let's preemptively make ourselves feel good. That's right, folks. Welcome to another Good Vibes segment, preemptively getting you guys happy and in a good mood before we shatter you with this darkness that exists in the world that is that fucked up shit. Fran, what do you want to do? You want me to go first? Or you like to go? I'll go first. Okay, cool. Please. Good vibes me. My good vibe story this week is about Aldi, the beloved international supermarket chain. <laughs> is that what it is? Is that what yes, it is? Yes, it is. is. It the beloved international yes, it food is. chain? The beloved supermarket? international supermarket chain. Wow. Okay, cool. Report it. give you bags. Report. <laughs> what? What? Go ahead, man. Tell your, look. Ahead, tell I'm tired of you. Look, I'm tired of you. That's, it's my favorite supermarket. I'm tired of you talking down on my favorite supermarket. It's good okay? vibes, man. I'm not going to let that happen on here. This is good vibes. It's good vibes, You would not ruin my good vibes right now. Can I just tell you something real quick that happened? When no, you, you cannot. I'm a re- no, you cannot. Keep those to yourself. Okay. I don't like negative comments while I'm doing my good well, vibes. it's not negative. It's just an observation. Can I just, real quick? What? What is it? So Sierra went to Aldi when she got off work. She just mm-hmm. wanted to run. She wanted to give it one more chance, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. She said, I need to get some soy sauce mm-hmm. to, you know, she likes to eat something with soy sauce. Mm-hmm. She went to Aldi and they don't have soy sauce there. Did she look hard enough? I I believe that she did. I don't think she did because we got soy sauce there. <laughs> so that's a lie. I'm going to move on. Okay. Good vibes. <laughs> so reported record-breaking income for 2018, they are celebrating the milestone by giving their UK employees a raise. That's great. Yeah. For the first time ever, the company made over 12 billion pounds, which is 15.6 billion American dollars mm. in income from the UK and Ireland stores. Damn. As a means of their achievement, the German-based corporation is raising the hourly rages of UK workers. Um, I like this because it's giving back. They giving back, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most they, definitely. They they rewarding these yeah. these hardworking employees mm-hmm. that's making them rich. Yep. Why uh, not give them a raise? Exactly. Instead wow. of hoarding that money yes. and giving giving the the top guys, the CEO, some kind of bonus or something. Yes. Give it back to the people I mean, that really need it. Am know? I wrong to say Americans are greedy? No, not at all. I mean. Greedy and selfish. Come on. Yeah. Well, there's all these here, so it's the same people. They could do that here. Did it say right. that as a thing? No. The American inside was like, nah, man, you keep that shit over there. It's crazy. We don't do that over here. I mean, as so, um, yeah, they raised the hourly wages, the hourly wages from um eight eighty five with um eight eighty five to nine ten. Which is bump. about yeah. yeah. Um Furthermore, they are raising the hourly wages of London workers from ten twenty to ten fifty five. I mean, it's not much, but I mean, for Something a hardworking like. employee, you like, yeah. I mean, it's it feels good yes. to see a bump in your pay, right? Yeah, for sure. We're recognizing even, my hard work, even if it's like minuscule or not huge, it's something. It's yes. saying, hey, thank you for your exactly. For, thank you for it, putting in the work. Exactly. So the new hourly wages outside of London are above, above, the living wage. Yeah. I mean, that's well. The thing about it, the thing about America that I don't even want to get into it too much is like, even people, you know, fighting about the wages going up and all this kind of stuff. The the wage that the minimum wage right now isn't a isn't a living wage. Those no. aren't the same things. No. So the people make this argument about inflation. Like if you give everybody fifteen dollars an hour, 
then the cost of bread and milk or you know right. that's not completely founded and that's that's not completely true people believe that but the study hasn't been done in a broad enough scheme to really get solid data on that right. that's just economists believe that but my whole thing is if people can't eat anyway mm-hmm. right I'm not a person who is concerned about the cost of bread and milk. I'm mm-hmm. not bragging or anything like that. But if bread went from, I don't know how much a loaf of bread costs, like $3, $2.50 or something like that. If it went from two fifty to three fifty, that's not going to kill me. Mm-hmm. But if somebody now has that $1 to make up the difference. So, yeah, bread goes up a little bit, but people can survive. We're not talking about, well, if you make everybody 15 they get $15 an hour. Now bread's $10. That's not what we're talking about. We're right. talking about you know, 10, 20, 50 cents mm-hmm. in, in small market areas, you know, bread, mm-hmm. milk, grocery store, food items and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff for various reasons I don't feel like getting into. But if if the payoff, it's that same thing of where I'm like, if if I have to pay a little bit more taxes and that and I see the difference that it makes, I'm cool paying a little bit more taxes. If I have to pay a dollar more for bread, but people aren't on welfare as much, you know, people working at Walmart that have jobs. There are people on, that have jobs that get government subsidies. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. You shouldn't have to still need aid and you have a job. Right. You, if you have a job and you work 40 hours a week, you should be able to live. Even if that's the minimum, the living mm-hmm. wage. You have an apartment and your lights are on and you have basic cable and food in your fridge. A job should be able to provide that, period. Yeah. And it doesn't. And that's messed up. Yeah. So uh, shout out to London for even giving them 25 cent raises and they already have uh, they're already above a living wage. Yeah. Like you can live in London seemingly based on what you're saying off of, you know, just a regular day. You don't have to get a degree and and you know, I think people should have the option to go, I mean, I'm I don't need much in life. I don't want to go to college. I just want to get a job, work and just live. I think I agree with everything you just said. Mm-hmm. I also think that I feel like Americans have the 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 mentality where it's like you know, we we should get a raise in you know, in um the hourly wage to afford food, uh-huh. pay for gas, yeah, guess, you know, keep a roof over our heads, mm-hmm. and also we're shopping every once in a while. Yeah, sure. Yeah, do you? I mean, well, the last thing, no, you don't need. That. That's, that's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Peter, what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 definitely, Americans have our priorities mixed up because we are very susceptible to media. Yeah. So iPhone comes out. If you are on welfare or you can't pay your phone bill right now, you shouldn't be trying to find a way to scheme out and save up enough money or trade in this to get an iPhone. You just don't need an iPhone. But everybody wants to have an iPhone. Everybody wants to have AirPods. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to have Gucci belts and this and all these. When everybody just doesn't, everybody doesn't get it. Everybody doesn't get that stuff. But not in America. That's not our mentality. Everybody gets that stuff. I mean, we had a friend that was on, you know, unemployment and was, that was that was outlandish. <laughs> Using the government, his unemployment money to buy Jordans. Buy Jordans. <laughs> Come on, man. That's very coonish. And I'm glad he's matured beyond that. But that was like, what? Where's your where's your priorities, man? You gonna use? You don't have a job. You gonna buy shoes? Come on, man. <laughs> no, that's that's crazy. I forgot all about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but no. I think that that's great. I I would hope. I hope all the fights. Whatever the American CEO corporation side of is, I hope they bring that over here. You yeah. know, I'm not saying everybody makes $15 an hour, but, you know, 
Give give people a little bit of a raise. Yeah. The big concern people have, and I and I agree with this concern more than people bringing up. Because what happens is again, it was that thing I was talking about last week about people letting millionaires tell them that raising the taxes on millionaires is is messed up. Mm-hmm. It's like they're millionaires. They're already millionaires, man. Yeah. You know. So it's this kind of thing where the thing I agree with is if the whole statewide the minimum wage in Maryland went up to fifteen dollars, which I think it might have, or it's mm-hmm. going, it's worth it's talking. To Incrementally, that's mm-hmm. what they do. Most states don't just from Jump. from eight to fifteen. It's yeah. like eight, nine, ten over five years or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the big concern about that is is like small businesses, mom and pop shops that you know it's like Walmart might be able to do that you know begrudgingly and be like oh fine whatever we'll stop <laughs> fucking our employees yeah. and give them a living wage. Uh-huh. But a small grocery store that only has one employee that really changes things in their store. Right, having to pay somebody that big of a jump in pay. I understand that affecting small businesses more. Mm. But I don't know, man. So I, I don't have all the answers, but what I know is $8, whatever the minimum wage is right now, you can't live off that. And I, I don't think that's fair. I think that if you if you if if there's jobs that exist, you should be able to get a job and, and, and live. Even yeah. if it's just bare minimum. You yes. rent a room in a house. You're a boarder. You get a, house, a, a room in a boarding house. Mm-hmm. You can't... You can't even really do that in some states. Yeah. You can't even live in New York if you don't make $5,000 a month. Oh, no. Rent is $4,000 a month, period. You can't even live in New York. And that's a, go that's to ghetto. Even then. Even it, in like oh, the... Shit. Even in like... A, you could find a slum in Brooklyn, a, a, a bad part of Brooklyn, a bad part of Harlem, a bad part of the Bronx, and you're still paying $2,000 a month for rent that's in a one-room apartment. That's Not nuts. one bedroom, one room. <laughs> like a loft. That's crazy. You're paying two grand, $2,500, man. So you can't even live in New York on minimum wage, period. I guess there's some hustlers that do, maybe. Like, you know, people do live there, but it's hard. It ain't easy. So I just, I don't know the answers, and maybe the minimum wage raising is not the answer, but, like, I just can't, we can't all just keep going, like, well, we don't know the answer, so just keep paying people shit money. And I, you know, I, reluctantly, I say shout out to Aldi for, you know, taking initiative and, you know, showing yeah. love to their employees and, and giving them a little bit of a raise. Because that makes people work harder for you. When exactly. they just feel appreciated. You'd right. be surprised how much more you can get it's, out of a person. Exactly. Um, So, yeah, uh, it's above the real living wage uh, rates recommended by the Living Wage Foundation. So Aldi's status in UK's, you know, they in UK is the best the best paying supermarket in the UK. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, that's yeah. good. So according to iNews, all these UK store managers also make roughly double the average starting salary of a junior doctor or a newly hired police officer. Damn. Shout out to Aldi. I mean, yeah. But that shout out to, in parentheses, shout out to Aldi, UK. UK, yeah. I mean, hook me up with a manager job. Not really, but you know. You gonna, you gonna, you gonna, uh, what is that, commute? Or you gonna, you gonna go overseas? and? I don't know. Uproot your whole family. I would have to change my whole. I've never been there, so you probably could change your whole lifestyle. Yeah, you gotta drive on the other side of the road. <laughs> you gotta drink tea. No, I'm not up for that. Um, so it says the CEO of the UK, all these Giles Hur- Hurley, Harley. So our store, our store colleagues, huh? That's your people's. So yeah, <laughs> our store colleagues do a fantastic job every day, yeah. and the excellent service they produce like to customers is a key reason. A key reason, you hear like, that, guys? I like that. I like that. A key people. reason why we are UK's fastest growing supermarket. I like that. This is the CEO. Big up your people. I mean, I like that. Show recognition to your employees. Like, like y'all wouldn't be in the place y'all you is right now without these employees. That's that they are the foundation. 
You know who of I've your never business. heard say no shit like that? Who? Jeff Bezos. No. Never heard Jeff no. Bezos come out. He no. already got a whole bunch of shit going on. They got factories anyway. collapsing and shit here in Maryland. People and died. Somebody died. Yeah, I never heard him be like, you know what? I'd be nothing without those people delivering the package. Never. Like, what? Never heard him. You are nothing. the owner. I mean, man, give me one of these stores to run, man. <laughs> people will love to work for me. You be an asshole when you have to be an asshole. I'm like, you know what? Hey, man, you know what? Take a fago home. You know what I mean? Just something How hard like is that, that? You know? We got a lot of growing up to do, man. Americans is, I don't know, man. But that's my good vibe. Shout out to all of these, man. Yeah, shout out to all of these, man. All these UK. Sorry. All the UK. Yeah, shout out to all the UK. Yeah. Uh, my good vibe story is a little more personal, specific to a person, not a business. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so uh, somebody on Instagram, <clears throat> I'm going to give her, her a shout out. Um, uh, her name is Martha. Her Instagram name is Gardenias for Martha. Uh, she tagged uh, the pro the uh, affirmative murder page in a story about this little adorable little brown kid named Jonah Larson. Okay, now Jonah taught himself how to crochet at five years old. Crocheting is like knitting, but like, shit you do with the sticks. Yeah, but like detail with the two oh. sticks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. He's like really fast at it too. It's crazy. He has an Instagram account. I'll get to that in a second. Wow. But. Uh, he taught himself by watching YouTube videos. That's how I'm teaching myself how to play guitar. For anybody out there who, and there's no excuses anymore. Um, anything that you want to learn how to do, I learned yep. how to fix my washing machine. Yep. You can learn how to do any household thing. You shouldn't. Yep. I'm not saying you shouldn't need to call a repair person, but watch YouTube first to see, because you'd save you could save yourself like five hundred to a thousand. It's free education. It's free education online. Yes. People just with a talent that are like, let me just share this. Yes. You go on YouTube, type in how to fix a how to fix a fridge. How to build this, how to play guitar, how to play piano, how to fly a plane. I mean, I wouldn't suggest that. You should probably get your license, but yeah. you could. Yeah. You could learn. I mean, you it wouldn't fly if you got in an accident. That's a little pun. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you could learn like the buttons and how to pull it back and take off. You could learn all that on YouTube and fly a plane if like the pl- the pilot on your plane like got sick. You could you could have that skill and it's free on YouTube. It's free. So this kid at five years old watched YouTube videos and was like, yeah, okay, I, I know how to crochet now. Yep. Um, so uh, once he self-taught himself, he's now 11 years old and he has been described as a crocheting prodigy. Hmm. This dude's shit is fire. He, put up, he can make a person's face in the blanket and all kind of patterns and all kind of stuff. It's crazy. crazy. Uh, he has his own crochet business called Jonah's Hands, mm. based out of his home in La Crosse, Wisconsin. I like that Again, name. there's no more excuses. This 11-year-old boy, and sure, his mom probably helps him out, but he has his own business in his home, making his product and selling it online. Nobody grows a business by himself. Just, just throw that out there. I mean, he makes the product. I mean, nobody grows a business by themselves at 11. But yeah. if I was a... I'm 27. Mm-hmm. Or 20. I don't know how old I am. 26. I'm 26 years old. If I knew how to crochet... I could just make an, a website and ship the crochet blankets out myself. Not if you, not if you throwing crochet shits out, you know, crazy. You need to get, a, you know, get a demand of them. You oh can't, yeah, you can't do both of those at the same time. I can't. Well, I need somebody to help me. Yeah, I need somebody. To, yeah, I need somebody to help organize. Yeah. Yes, but I, but when you say nobody does it by yourself, I just mean well, that's kind of going against what I'm saying because. Yeah, maybe you got a a, a loved one yeah. helping you box shit, but it's not um, like you. Oh, I need. Only, only, uh, no, only, only Macy's can do that. Only <laughs> no. Macy's can make blankets. It's no, like, no, I you mean. can make, you could, you could have a business out of your home. Yeah. In 2018, yeah, yeah, yeah. 2019, you can have a business out of your home 
with a skill that you have. There's no excuse. If you're an artist, you can make your art and you can put it on an Instagram account and see if people want to buy it. And mm-hmm. if they want to buy it, you can sell it to them. You could have a PayPal account. You could have Venmo, mm-hmm. Cash App, whatever. And you can really start making transactions and making money off of your skill. Right. And Jonah figured that out at 11 years old. Mm-hmm. So I think that's incredible. And and again, his product is blazing hot. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so he's he lives in Wisconsin. He... Uh, Crocheting has made him a social media star, but he doesn't do it for the fame, Jonah says. He has 46,000 Instagram followers where he sells his goods. So he puts them up, and you can probably little link to direct message him mm-hmm. to you know, put an order in. And uh, he says, uh, after a very hard, busy, chaotic day in the busy world and with school, it's just nice to know that I can come home and crochet in my little corner of the house while sitting by... The one I love most, my mom. Aww. This kid is like a star, man. Yeah. He's so nice and friendly. And when I get to what he wants to do when he grows up, it like makes perfect sense. And it's like, you're a great kid, and I hope that that light in you never gets dimmed. So he told an NPR uh, reporter when he did an interview that he his most difficult design was crocheting a blanket with 800 plush flowers on it. Mm. So he's making massive things, like 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 comforter size things. You put on a king size bed. And little things too. Mm. He, uh, it's crazy. He, uh, Jonah regularly donates some of his goods and money to the Ethiopian orphanage from which he was adopted as an infant. So this kid is adopted wow. too, and he still has found a way to keep this light in him. He found a passion. He 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 found uh he found a purpose. And also, I don't know what an Ethiopian shelter orphanage is. If that's out of another country, but if it is, I mean, I mean. You know, if if like the if the orphanage is in Ethiopia, which I would assume, yeah, that means he's an immigrant. Yeah. So that's just immigrants coming in this country and being ingenuitive and finding ways to make it in this country. Mm. Donald Trump, you know. So shout out to Jonah. Yeah. On that one too. Uh. So his mother Jennifer Larson doesn't crochet, but she does run his Instagram account. Nobody mm-hmm. can do it on their own. Uh. And has joined a few Facebook crocheting groups on his behalf. Hmm. She says it's up to Jonah to decide what he does with his profits. Wow. She said, I don't buy his yarn for him. He buys his own yarn from the profits he makes from selling. Smart. He saves he saves some money. He's in fe- he's investing some money. Smart. And he donates as well. That's you can young, write that off on your taxes. That's, even a, if, that's a young Warren Buffett right Yeah, there. right? I mean, this kid is this kid is a mogul in the making. <laughs> this kid, Jonah's Hands, great name. It sounds yep, biblical. I love it. You know, you can get the Christian market. Christian people, Christian people love blankets. Mm. Put Jesus on it with blood or whatever. Uh, and donations there, you can write those off on your taxes. Even if you're doing it just for the love, you also can write them off on your taxes. So maybe he's just, he knew that. Yeah. He's like, I do love the Ethiopians, but also I can write that off on my taxes. Yeah. You know? So Jonah's just on fire right now. I hear oh. these, I hear these stories and it makes me jealous. I'm gonna tell you why it makes me jealous. I'm super happy for that kid and all these young kids. You know, we do stories of these kids coming up being just smart. You wish and... you had these tools when you were their age. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, no, I get it. What the sure. fuck was I doing? For sure, I get it. <laughs> my mom, I love my mom to death, but sometimes I sit and I go, I wish she wouldn't have let me decide. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. Like, no, you're gonna keep playing guitar, or like, no, like, man, you, you can't quit graphics design. You you can't. I'd just be like, no, I don't really like that anymore. And she'd be like, All right, I mean, I paid a hundred dollars for you to take the course, mm-hmm. but I mean, if you don't want to go anymore, I guess you don't. And then be like, All right, cool, I'm gonna go get some ice cream, and then just leave. <laughs> you know. So I just, I you know, I wish that my mom would have been a little more on me. Yeah. At a young age, to me where too. I learned a purpose. Yep. 
even if it's a small thing, I really like uh, coding on computers. I really like drawing. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, find a purpose that stays with you for the rest of your life, even yeah. if you don't make money off of it. Right. I guess purpose is the wrong word. A passion. Yep. That's when you find passions at a young age. Even if I never became a professional guitar player, I'm learning how to play guitar now. Imagine if I never stopped learning how to play guitar. I'd just be in the house be with, a, with a fucked up foot just playing guitar for fun because I love to play guitar and I'm good at it. And it's a social media age. You could have put up a video. Somebody like, go oh, bang. Hey, you want to join my... You want to do a show? You want to join a band? It's just, it's another skill set <laughs> that you could use to make money in your life. Yep. Jonah has been introduced to crocheting and business, running a business. These are all skills that when he's 20 years old, this is experience he already has. He's already ahead of the game. He's ahead of the game of, of people that are 30 years old. Yes. At 11. So Jonah's Jonah's hands, I wish yeah. nothing but the best for. Let me uh, go ahead and close this out. What if he uh, does custom stuff? Oh, hey, I'm sure he does. <laughs> I'm sure, Look, this kid not is not running like a bullshit business. This kid's business is legitimate. Um, So like she said, she doesn't buy any of his stuff for him. He's making investments. He's saving money. He's donating money. And uh, so those are the things, she said, so those are things I think are important in his life for adults to do. And I'm glad that he can learn that at an early age, which we were just talking about. Yep. Uh, the crocheting community has responded positively as well, and a few people even sent him custom hooks. So he got his own little, the little things you use. Mm -hmm. He's they probably say Jonah on them, or yeah. the gold got a little flare on them, you know. So he's really, and and his his Instagram videos get like 2,500 views of, or more per you know him being like. So what happened with one of them that I'm not going to play, but I think I might put up on the Facebook group if I get a chance. It's like him like, hey, guys, it's me, Jonah. Love you guys. Thank you guys for supporting. And this kid's 11. Well-spoken. Thank you guys for supporting me and believing in me and wanting to buy my things. But I know what you came for. I'm making a cowl right now for my mom, which I think a cowl is like a scarf. I'm making a cowl around that right now. I know what you guys came for. So here's the, the fastest uh, <laughs> crocheting you've ever seen. And he just like goes to work, and he he's so fast. He's like... It's not only is he good at it, it's like Guinness Book kind of speed. That's a gift. Yeah, that's a gift, man. Yeah. He's a prodigy, like they yeah. said. Um, so what he said, what Jonah said is, I hope people gain from seeing my work is that it makes them happy too. Uh, when I see my crochet work when it's done, it blows my mind to know that I, an 11-year-old, <laughs> he said that, to know that I, an 11-year-old, uh, with a tiny hook and a ball of yarn, made this amazing Afghan scarf. Cal, you name it. He's going to be a little sassy. Yeah. I mean, that too. goes back I to... I think it's cute. I think he, you can see he's kind of like a little gay black kid in Wisconsin. He's going to grow up <laughs> to be like a fashion icon. <laughs> you know, and if he's not gay, that's that's fine too. But if he is gay, that makes this story so much more awesome because he's just like in the Midwest uh, making scarves and, and knitting and all this kind of stuff at 11, going to school probably at lunchtime, knitting, you know, all this kind of stuff. And kids are like... You don't play football? And he's like, nah, I'm all right, man. I got a scarf order. I'm on back. I got to make 10 scarves today so I can keep up. And they're like, whatever. I don't know what that means. And he, but he has a purpose. Yeah. I think that's just so awesome. That's 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 awesome, man. Um, uh, His next goal is to... Oh, oh also, really quick. Uh, after this article with uh, NPR was, was um, published, his story went viral. Jonah now has over 2,500 orders and has temporarily stopped taking new requests. Damn. So he's like, nah, back I, got, up. I got, yeah, I'm backed up, man. I'm on back order. So you got to wait until 2020 for you to get a new order in on Jonah's hands. Mm. Uh, getting money. Getting money. Getting experience. <sighs> getting a college uh, fund backed up. He's going to pay for his own college, man. That's crazy. Uh, his next goals are attending a crocheting summer camp. 
Why? This cousin open up his he can open up his own. That's true. Damn he could teach camp. adults how to crochet. <laughs> you know, but I I guess I talk about this with Sierra a lot, and I think I'm always fascinated by like subcultures. Mm -hmm. So like within the crocheting community, he might be on the bottom totem pole, even if people are like, "Oh, this kid's really good." But then there's some guy named some girl, some lady named like you know Mary Etterling, mm -hmm. who's like the best crocheter in the world. She can do it with eyes closed. Yeah, and there's yeah. but we don't know who that is, yep. and don't have a desire to know. But there's a whole bunch of people that crochet that like look her up on YouTube. Uh, go to seminars, yep. go to her summer camps, where she's like the Michael Jordan of crocheting. I'm so fascinated by that. I'm yeah. I'm you talking about just like subcultures of yeah. anything. People that make yeah. beer. Me I don't yep. know anything about beer, Me but too. a person that makes beer is like, oh yeah, this guy Stonewall Mark Mark yep. Mark Peters. He lives in Virginia. He makes the best homebrew beer in the country. Yeah. And I don't like. I don't know who that is. Yep. I don't know anything about beer. But if you're into it, you kind of know the big players and who yeah. the stars are. I just yeah. think that that's so cool with so I many little it. worlds. Yeah, because I'm, you know, I'm doing real estate, Yeah, and I can tell you a name, you probably wouldn't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. I guarantee you I would. <laughs> <laughs> I can promise you that. Matter of fact, you can keep it. That's crazy. <laughs> you can keep the name. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> but that's awesome how they, just them little, them little groups. It's, it's these just little like, worlds, it's man. Crazy. You know, we have our own little Facebook group. That's, you know, it's a little subculture. That's I crazy, I just think man. it's so cool, man. Yeah, that it's is like cool. It's like these own little, these little worlds. Yeah. But yeah, so he wants to attend a crocheting summer camp. He wants to attend a U.S. military academy. He wants to go to West Point, which is like the best uh, military academy in the country. And he wants to then go in and become a surgeon. So he's getting those fucking steady hands already at a young age, crazy. learning how to do detail. He's going to be cutting people up left and right. Even though by the time he's an adult, you probably just like press a button or you just got to know how to work the machine. <laughs> but maybe not. Maybe they just need a old... At some point, you always need somebody that's like, yeah, I got to get in there. Yeah. And cut you, go yeah. in, steady hands, get in, get it, get the uh -huh. bullet out, whatever his job is. He wants to be a surgeon. It's like, what is, what can prepare you more for that than crocheting? As silly as that sounds, like crocheting from age of five, you develop steady hands, ability to like isolate finger movements, mm -hmm. you know, and, and detail. So Jonah's just on a, he's on a trajectory to becoming a, outstanding member of society yeah, not just I, like not just like getting by and doing good and mm -hmm. living but like making a difference in the world yeah. again i'm jealous i yeah. i just found out what i really want to do in life yeah <laughs> i mean this, if it makes you feel better though jonah awesome, is though, definitely man. like an anomaly like That's most awesome. people don't really figure out what they want to do to their late 20s some people don't ever figure it out but to figure it out at 11 is pretty remarkable. Yeah, and but maybe I'm, this isn't what he wants to do. But it's a it's it's a cool experience. That's what I mean. But he's doing something he loves to do. Yeah, regardless, he'd be, and he'd be he had, and no it's not what. and it's even not it's not what he wants to in yeah. the future. Yeah, this is just that's a little crazy. stop, a little, little stopping point yeah. in his life. He just even when he's not doing Jonah's hands anymore, he'll probably still crochet just to keep his skills tight. That's awesome. Man. When this is all said and done, five, ten, twenty years from now, when Jonah's hands is just a memory to him, mm -hmm. he'll still like. Let me go ahead and knit up a blanket for my boyfriend or girlfriend, whatever it is, and just for Christmas. That's He'll awesome. still have that skill at a high level, but right now he's making yeah. money off of it. He only got to buy gifts. <laughs> look at the look at all the look at all the doors that open up when you give yourself a skill. Folks, go on YouTube, <laughs> learn a skill, and use it in your life. You learn how to play guitar on YouTube, guess what people you well, guess what you can pe get people as gifts? Mixtapes. Yeah. Self-made mixtapes that you yep. made them, you playing their favorite songs, covers, you know, stuff like that. It's just Opens up doors, man. I'm gonna check him out next break. Actually, yeah, Jonas Hands, man. His uh, his full name, just for everybody out there, his um, his name is uh, Jonah Larson. He is from La Crosse, Wisconsin. Um, so that is my 
good vibes story this week. And uh, what I'm going to do is um, I'm going to send us off to shout out to Sheila Connor for suggesting that I play Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. Let's get a little headbanging in here. This song is a little headbanging, a little hard, but it's got those good vibes. Make you want to dance, shake that head, bang that shit, and get lit. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some fucked up shit. We are back, folks. Fran, it is your turn to go first this week, so please, the floor is yours. Okay. <clears throat> My affirmative murder this week is about not Aaron Hernandez, because we already did that one. Okay. But before Aaron Hernandez, there was Eric Napolsky. Eric Napolsky? Napolsky. Okay. Eric well, Napolsky is a convicted football? murderer s- serving life in prison without parole. He was formerly a professional football player mm. who played in the National Football League and the World League of American Football oh. from 1988 to 1997. Oh, that's a long career. He played two seasons with the Denver Broncos, the New England Patriots. Oh, okay. Right. And one season with the Indianapolis Colts. Before the Belichick era. And four seasons with the Barcelona Dragons. Didn't know they played football Barcelona out there. Barcelona Dragons? So, that's new to me. Can't be very popular. Football, not soccer <laughs> football? In, a, yeah. in Barcelona? That's what I said. Like that couldn't have been very lucrative. He won the World Bowl. What's V in rumor no five? Five. Okay, I thought so. What in Barcelona? Huh? What's the no, World Bowl? No, in Roman in Roman news. No, but what's the World Bowl? Oh yeah, in Barcelona. Yeah. yeah nobody was at that. The, the, winning the World Bowl five in his last season. That was also the last World Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> the World Bowl. Yeah, I don't like that name. The World Bowl. <laughs> While with the Dragons, Napolsky record recorded. 16 and a half sacks. Huh? Um, three and a half seasons with one touchdown, one interception, stats a whack, and several block punts and field goals. Yeah, because I have to imagine he's like playing against a bunch of like Italian people <laughs> that couldn't get, weren't good enough to play soccer. So you should be blowing through them. Yeah. Um, so he was also a reserve player in the camps of, I mean, in the camps with the Dallas Cowboys, okay. whoop, 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 and the New York Jets. Boo. <laughs> that wasn't even passionate. Nobody gives a shit about the Jets. That wasn't even. You don't even really mean that. You don't even care enough. Trash. To, you, you don't even. They're care so trash. To not like them. Yeah, they're so trash. I'm not going to use my energy to go. Yeah. Boo. Because yeah, I don't give a shit. <laughs> so Napolsky, a native Tuckahoe, Tuckahoe, New York, oh, I don't know. played pop Warner football with the Blue Devils out of East Chester, New York, for eight seasons. He later attended. Tuckhoe High School as well as Roosevelt High School, the the la- the latter in the Yonkers, New York, before transferring during his junior year to East Chester High School. Mm-hmm. Went to a lot of high schools. He lived in Yonkers. 
Yes. That's where DMX um, is from. Yeah. At East Chester, he led the team in sacks, tackles for two years, with the team going 17-3 during oh. his tenure at line, at the linebacker position. Damn. Napolsky also played safety, tight end, running back, and goal line situations. Damn. Swiss Army knife. Yeah. So he was named All-County in 1982 and All-State in 1983 and graduated from East Chester in 1984. Mm. He was offered partial scholarship. I mean, what is a partial scholarship? I don't know. You got to pay some of it. <laughs> some of okay. uh, You guys, you got to, I don't. Got to pay half? Um, that, that's just me kind of breaking up the, the phrase. Yeah. <laughs> Partial means you only get some of it. So maybe they, you get a, it's like getting a 20% off coupon. Oh, it's okay. like you only got to, if it's 15000 a semester, you only got to pay seven and a half. I just thought it was like, look, we'll give you a partial scholarship for you to come play football. But academically, you got to pay for your classes and shit. That would be super savage. I'd rather just have a discount on the whole <laughs> yeah. thing. It was some kind of weird. That shit. Fuck that. So you gonna give me part? Like, <laughs> all right. Yeah. So he got offers partial scholarship and from New Hampshire. I mean, New Hampshire, New Haven, and Buffalo schools. Y'all gonna disrespect me like that for these bullshit schools? Uh, they hey, may man, be bullshit. Hey, I don't know. But education is education, and I've never heard of Tacon, New York. So anything to get out of there. But you gonna give me a part? I guess because they don't have a lot of money. Oh, you saying you saying I, I'm not? You don't think I'm good enough to get a full ride? Yeah. to Buffalo yeah. U. <laughs> yes. To be you. <laughs> to the Just University spent- of New Hampshire. Hey, I, I ain't got a whole bunch of people going there. Partial scholarship. <laughs> but he decided to go to University of Connecticut UConn. Okay. Yeah. So he was They're like, more known for basketball, but yeah. You know. So he was like, man, look. And he got a full scholarship from UConn. Oh. At I'm least like, they're known in some kind of way. Yeah. That's a Pac-10 school or whatever, though. I don't know how those phrases work. It's something like that in basketball. But Don't disrespect me. Yeah. Give me a half partial scholarship. Yeah. Fuck out of here. Yeah. At the time, UConn played as a Division One a in the new defunct Yankee Conference. Don't know anything about yeah. those conferences. Yeah, However, know. midway through his third year at UConn, he quit the football team Wow. over a disagreement with his coach. Wow. Tom, His coach, Tom Jackson. I guess he's popular because they mentioned his name. I don't yeah. know who he is. Napolsky, who had NFL aspirations, decided to forego his scholarship and withdrew from the university. And entered the draft. He returned to UConn to complete his degree in 1987. Okay. Although he left again for two years to pursue the NFL and received his degree in physical education in 1991. He got a degree in physical education? I feel like that's, like, easy. Yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm not shitting on nobody's education. I mean, if you degree. go to school to become a physical therapist... I- is that what you get? I don't know. Because that is a very lucrative job. But physical education just makes you think you're going to be a PE teacher. Yeah, gym teacher. Yeah. I mean, that sound, that's probably sound more disrespectful than the PE teacher, but, you know, same thing. Look, man. <laughs> I don't disrespect Some jobs. Some people get salty over the little stuff, man. Look, man. I'm, I don't disrespect jobs, but, like, a PE teacher. Like, how hard is that? <laughs> how hard is that to get kids to do stuff? Yeah, but I'm saying, you know what I'm saying, though? Like, I understand what I'm you're not saying. a gym teacher. I'm a PE teacher. Okay. Oh, well, you know. All right. I mean, is it in a gym? Well, then you're tomato, a, you tomato. teach in a gym. You're a gym teacher. And I'm not here <laughs> to shit on gym teachers by any means. I'm just saying that getting a physical education degree, if you're not going on to be like do sports medicine or mm-hmm. sports science or anything like that, I assume you're going to be a PE teacher. Yeah. And that's not hard. I don't. I don't. I hey. I'll, I'll wait for the I'll wait for the backlash if it comes yeah. from the one. Excuse me, mm-hmm. I'm a PE teacher and it is very hard. Like, yeah. Okay, well, hey, you got it. <laughs> you got it, man. So on July 14th, 2011, an Orange County jury found Napolsky guilty of first degree murder 
in the shooting and death of William Bill Law- McLawlin mm. in his Newport Beach home on December 15th of 1994. The panel also found a true special circumstances circumstance allegation that Napolsky committed the murder for financial gain mm. and that he personally discharged a firearm, which would have made him eligible for the death penalty. Mm. Although ultimately the state did not seek the death penalty, the jury heard during more than three weeks of testimony, which included 28 witnesses Damn. and more than 240 exhibits, that Napolsky had conspired with Nanette Johnston, his secret lover, to murder McLawlin for financial gain. Mm. So was Nanette his wife or something, or was it was this Nanette was his mistress? Or no, like I'm his, saying was Nanette the McLaughlin's guy that he killed's wife? Wife? Yeah. Was this an insurance thing? Yes, sir. Mm, yep. so. Okay, cool. So I'm saying this dude must have been loaded. Yeah, uh, it had a good insurance policy, you know, for them to go on with this. Or they were really broke. It doesn't, you know, yeah, it could have just been four hundred thousand, but a hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money, period. But let alone when you in tight, tight situation. Yeah. So witness testified that Johnston, also known in court documents as Nanette Parker McNeil, I mean that doesn't even sound like the same damn person, yeah. um, was a young woman with two small children who seduced McLawlin, mm. who was a quarter century. Who was quarter century younger than him? Yeah, I think that's what I think that's what it meant. They fucked up there, but it says what it says here is who seduced McLawlin, who was a quarter century her senior, her senior. Yeah, older. He Just was, her, he was he's older. Okay, older. all right. Yeah. I figured. That. Okay. Yeah. After the wealthy healthcare entrepreneur, so he had money, had gone through a contentious divorce with his first wife of twenty four years, mm. Johnston began living with McLawlin in his luxury home and tight-knit gated community mm. in Newport Beach and managing his personal finance, financial affairs. The case went unsolved for 15 years before N- Napolsky was charged in 2009. Johnston met McLaughlin after placing a magazine. This is weird. Johnston met McLaughlin after placing a magazine ad seeking the companionship of a wealthy man. Hey, man, those, uh, that sounds weird to you because we're broke. But those rich dudes are perfectly cool with a woman dating them. Because I mean, I'm I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about as far as the women, the women being like, you know, I'm just looking for a rich man. Hey, look, I'm not going to get into my family, uh, personal family stuff, but a member of my family who, you know, I'm not going to say who. That's what she did on Match.com and found her husband. But she that, put on there and said, doesn't I need a new car like every two years she, on Match.com. You can put like what income the person that you're looking for mm-hmm. has she like maxes it maxed it out but you I, can, love her. You, I love her and that doesn't count <laughs> i love her too <laughs> she's my family that doesn't count but i'm saying there are women who are definitely like i am looking for a rich man up front like if you're not if you can't take care of me i don't want to date you that is like the that opening line it, it is very real but I mean, if somebody goes for it, then it doesn't If it's a guy that's wealthy, it's like, I'm very busy. I'm just looking for a companionship. I'm looking for a woman to be home when I get home and maybe cook or maybe just look pretty and we go out. That's all I want. And I will take care of you for the rest of your life or my life, whichever comes first. Some dudes are like, I'm rich, man. I, I don't. That's cool. <laughs> what did T.I. say? It ain't tricking if you got it. I still think it's tricking, but some dudes <laughs> are like, I don't care if it's tricking. Trick me. Trick me. Take my money. I'm rich. I got a lot of it. You can have it. That's fine. There's plenty of rich-ass dudes like that. That's crazy. <laughs> you could just put out an ad and just be like, hey, I'm looking for somebody who's rich. You can answer the ad is the, is the crazy part and be like, well, you know what? I am rich, and she's pretty. She probably got like maybe like 10 calls and then like just narrowed them down. Mm-hmm. He looks How the much best. do you make? 
Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. Sure. Okay. Yep. I'll keep you in mind. Maybe I'll call you back. <laughs> like filling a goddamn job application. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So August 10th, um, 2012, Napolsky received a maximum sentence of life imprisonment without parole mm. at his hearing before Superior Court Judge William R. Fort Fro- Froberg. Mm. He was sentenced for the murder of McLaughlin. For her role in the murder, Nanette Johnston Parker McNeil was convicted of first-degree murder in January of 2012. Mm. She was also sentenced to life imprisonment without parole on May 18th of that year. On December 15, 2012, Napolsky was transferred to the California Correctional Center at Susanville, California. On October 12, 2013, he was transferred to California Correctional Facility at Corcoran. Corcoran? Corcoran? That's how you say it? I'm not sure. I feel like I watched like a Locked Up Raw and they went there, I think. Um, so on September 12, 2014, at California, a California Court of Appeal rejected full-pronged effort by Napolsky. Mm. In September, an appellate lawyer working, working for Napolsky told a, three ju- a three-justice appeal panel based on Santa Ann that there were four errors in the trial, including the government's 15-year delay in filing charges, faulty jury instruction, biased, a biased jury, and improperly ex- excluded evidence. How do they find that shit out? How do they find all that shit out? That's crazy. You gotta go back, and that's why lawyers make the big bucks. You gotta go through and read. That's and crazy. Read and because re- they everything in the court is transcripted, so you just gotta go back and look at paperwork and say like, oh, they didn't file this. That's a, it. Could be something as small as that that could get a murderer out of jail. Mm. They didn't read him his Miranda rights. They didn't give him a phone call when he got in jail. They didn't do this. It's something they didn't do. I'm gonna look over the whole layout of his night that night 15 years ago, mm. or that trial 15 years ago, and they didn't offer him this. So I'm gonna try to get the court the the trial dismissed or get it overturned or whatever. It, I mean, good lawyers, all that like smoke and mirror shit is cool, mm-hmm. but but good lawyers read the the files and do the research and all that kind of stuff. All it's, that money shit. Yeah. So Justice William. Ryland's damn 18-page opinion backed by colleagues Raymond Acola and David Thompson analyzed and rejected each point, saying they th- saying that they found no prejudicial, prejudicial. Judicial error. The panel noted that authorities charged Napolsky and his girlfriend, Nanette Parker, the victim's live-in, live-in girlfriend, so it was his girlfriend, mm-hmm. um, after... Orange County District Attorney Office cold case detective discovered new incriminating evidence. A female juror describing the ex-football player as quote creepy. Um, I guess you can't say shit like that. Is it? You're gonna, you gonna, gotta be biased. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. But that's not extreme. That's not like being like, well, I think he's guilty, so I'm gonna probably say he's guilty. Just being like that guy's creepy is like. I guess that's, I guess that's not being biased. But if he looks creepy, then he's creepy. I don't yeah. know. That's 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 a that's a broad reach to try to get like what he's trying to get a, a new appeal or mm-hmm. get it overturned by being like one of the jurors said out loud in court that he's creepy. So it was a it was an unfair jury. Wow, that's crazy. That's what he was going for. I don't know if it worked, but that's what he was going for. Yeah. And uh, it says Judge, Judge William Froberg did not err by blocking a police officer from answering a question about Napolsky's facial expressions during the post-murder interview or refusing to give a defense-proposed jury instruction on the elements murder for financial gain. Mm. 
So the ruling left Napolski, whose professional football career soared in Europe. I mean, so it's not really saying much. As a member of the Barcelona Dragons during the 1990s, continuing to serve life sentence without the possibility for parole inside was it you said Corcoran? Corcoran. Corcoran State Prison, also home of the infamous killer Charles Charles Manson. Mm. So Napolski Napolski has always maintained his innocence and is currently appealing his conviction. Napolski was convicted on strictly circumstantial evidence Mm. as no weapon was ever found. There was no DNA, no fingerprints, Mm. no eyewitnesses, and no surveillance tape. They don't got shit on them. Could this be a could this be a uh, innocence project uh, potentially? Napolsky defense contends that the 16 year delay in charging result in the loss of exploratory evidence, which backed up his alibi, which was found valid by the DA in 1995. The TV series American Greed showed an episode about the murder in January 2017. The CBS TV series 48 Hours aired on October 29th of 2011. The episode title is called Murder in the OC. Napolsi claims that he is innocent and is and is interviewed about his conviction. Mm. As of March 11, 2018, the Orange County Innocence Project has okay. begun review of Napolsi's case and conviction with the emphasis on analysis of circumstantial evidence and the dealings of the Orange County prosecutor wow. who brought charges to the grand jury 16 years after the fact with special emphasis on lost records from the initial investigation that could have cleared Mr. Napolsky. Wow. So that was my friend of murder this week of Eric Napolsky. Wow. Okay. Hey, man, do you so, mean all my stories before I, I keep on going? No, I just... Oh, okay, I know. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of the Innocence Project, man. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> like, I'm a really big fan. They do great work. It's spread out state to state. I don't know if they're branches or if every they just have kind of co-opted that name. And mm-hmm. if you want to start one, you can. But there's innocent. There's a California Innocence Project. There's Innocence Projects all over the country, and they give people lawyers, you know, uh, free to get them, you know, to overturn, you know, uh, false imprisonments and and, and uh, shoddy uh, trials and all this kind of stuff. Like they they work really hard to get people out of jail who were convicted, you know, unlawfully. I mean, even if he did it or didn't, they don't they don't have any any evidence on. I don't Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I don't They don't have anything. That's really crazy. <laughs> that's that is very crazy. That that circumstantial like no DNA, no gun, just the fact that he was dating the same girl as yeah. that guy as sounds like was what they hung hung it pretty hard on. Yeah. And maybe it was just her. Maybe she didn't do it. I don't know. It's crazy. But that sounds I have I have reasonable doubts that that he could be innocent. So I can't believe a court a jury was like no, we're all we all think he's guilty with no evidence. That's right. so. I mean, I don't, I don't know if he's guilty, so I don't want to. Right, that's what I'm there saying. Are, there are cases. There's this um. There's this uh podcast that's really good. It's called Murderville, Georgia, mm-hmm. about this guy who is undoubted, undoubtedly, if you listen to it, he's an innocent man and he's in jail for the rest of his life for life in prison. His name is um. I was just talking about that with somebody. Uh, okay, got it. Yeah, his name is Devanya Inman. And Devanya Inman, it was this whole crazy night. It's like a five-part uh, podcast series. Uh, he was he was arrested on bullshit evidence at best. You know, they had another suspect who made more sense, but his mom like worked in the political sphere in mm-hmm. that area, and so they didn't even really. It was just a whole thing. So I, I really encourage people if you have a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars to donate 
And as of right now, we don't really have a place to accept any kind of money like that. Um, I really encourage you to just make a donation to the Innocence Project because your money is going to a place that is making a difference in the world. So, yes, uh, I did make a guess in <laughs> in your uh, story <laughs> based on it sounding like he was not may not be guilty. Yeah. And I uh, turned out to be right. But, yep. yeah, no, uh, shout out to the Innocence Project because they are doing the Lord's work. Man, There's a lot of people wrongfully in prison, man. And or people just in prison for like weed that got got sentenced in the 90s or the 80s or you know anything like that that's just a waste of time yeah. did you know that in LA I'm not sure if it's still the case but in LA if you get in a fight so let's say you get in a fight and you beat a guy up and mm-hmm. you get battery charges if you are a gang member and they can just tie you to being in a gang that's like a, another charge that's more than the the battery charge just if you like have a tattoo no it's like like a gang gang affiliation law so they tack that on to the battery you could have just been fighting a guy at a club but it's like oh is that a rolling 60s tattoo or Mm -hmm. whatever you get the gang edition crime uh tack on now you're facing 28 years instead of three that motherfucker hit me first and then you know what happens (laughs) they plead out Mm. you know how many cases don't go to trial like 94 percent of cases are pleas so that means that there's so many people that could just like a Khalif Browder, like a, so many people who just go, well, I'm nervous. They're talking to me crazy in the courtroom or in the interrogation room. They're making me nervous. I don't know if I can beat this. They kind of got the, sounds like the deck stack against me. I don't want to do 25 years. Just take a I'll just take 11. Fuck that. And I didn't do it. Damn. You know what I mean? Like that happens every day. It's like, maybe you, maybe, I'm not saying everybody's just this innocent person. Maybe you were in the room. Maybe you... We're there when they robbed those people, but you didn't do anything. And if you really, really took it to trial and fought it, you probably could beat it, but you're scared. So instead of instead of facing 25 years, if you take it to trial, they offer you 10, you and they go, you'll, we, we offer you 10, you'll get out in five, and whatever. And then you plead out, do 10 years, now you're a felon, you can't vote, you can't get a job, they ruin your life, and you didn't do anything. But you were just scared to take mm-hmm. it to trial. That happens every day. It's crazy, man. That's That's wild. Crazy. I didn't mean to bum anybody out, but uh, it's just the world. It's the reality of the world, man. Um, what we're going to do is... Are you done? Yep. Okay, cool. All right, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, it's my turn to tell you some fucked up shit, so stay tuned. All right, and we are back. Fran, uh, my affirmative murder for this week has been a year in the making. Uh, you probably don't remember, but a year ago around this time, actually it was February 6th to be exact, um, I found out about two murders. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm going to follow this because I want to see how things play out between these two things. The first murder was a man named Cleophas Cooksey Jr. The second murder was a man by the name who you might have, you might have even, you know, his his story is, his story came to like a culmination this week. His name is Bruce MacArthur. Uh, he lives in Toronto and he is a serial killer. Uh, but a year ago, I didn't know how it was going to play out. It was just kind of like uh, a black dude, Cleophas. Mm-hmm. Just you know, not to be I remember, racist. I remember but, the name. Not to be racist, but like if Cleophas and Bruce, take a guess which one's the black guy. So Cleophas is this black guy from Phoenix. Bruce MacArthur is this white guy from Toronto. Is this the they were like gay or something? No, no, they're not related at all. They oh, have I mean, to do one with of them was it Cleophas? No, it's Bruce. Oh, okay, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I remember yeah, hearing yeah. it. I know Bruce, it was something. Okay, Bruce Toronto uh, guy. Yeah. Uh, killed eight people. Verified. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Cleophas. Did I say Cleophas over here? Just now? You said Bruce. Bruce. Okay, yeah. Bruce, acute, convicted of killing mm-hmm. eight people this week, actually, specifically. And Cleophas, nine. Mm. So at the time, 
it was still building a year ago, but it was like believed to be, believed to be. Where mm. I, where I saw when I kind of got on them, they had both happened in December of 2017. Mm. So right around the same time, these two things happened. I said, I want to see which one gets more coverage because that's what we do here. I want to see, you know, so we got a white serial killer here, we got a black serial killer here. Let's see which one gets more media attention. And now sitting back a year later, um, for those of you listening who know who Bruce MacArthur is and have no idea who the fuck Cleophus Cooksey is, we kind of see how my case study played out. But now I want to read both and give the details because um, both of them panned out in a way that was pretty crazy admittedly white guys kind of run the show, mm-hmm. you know, because the Bruce MacArthur story is so much more crazy than the Cleophus Cooksey story. But in the defense is of the, it, Cle- is it only because one of them is being talked about more than another? No, 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 just, no, 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 no. Okay. It's just Cleophus used the gun and Cle- uh, uh, Bruce was cutting people up and all kind of shit. It's all kind of, all kind of subplots and mm-hmm. race and sexuality and all it's way juicier. But at the same time, a year ago, all I knew was they think this guy killed hella people and they think this guy killed hella people. Mm-hmm. And even though Cleophus's story is a little less juicy, it didn't make it any further than like the Phoenix Sun, the Phoenix Times, hmm. whatever their local newspaper. Local, right. I wasn't even able to get much information because it it was no. When you look up his name, it's just all like Phoenix, Phoenix Times, Phoenix Inquirer, Phoenix Damn. whatever, Phoenix Daily. It's all. It just stayed in Arizona. It never made it out of Arizona. Anyway, so my affirmative murder Cleophus. this week is the stories of Cleophus Cooksey and Bruce MacArthur. So I'm going to start with Cleophus Cooksey. Uh, So Cleophus Cooksey Jr. is accused of slaying at least nine Valley residents during a three-week period between Thanksgiving and Christmas in 2017. He's a felon turned uh, aspiring rapper who nicknamed himself uh, King Playboy. You you might know him, Fran, from his hit song, Hoodlum. Nope, I'm going to play a little bit of that right now. That's right. I'm still King Playboy. King Playboy. Yeah. This right here is called Hulu. Mm. Cleophus. Can you record this on his phone? I know that she wanted. it. Yeah. I can tell how she looked. What? It. Drop that square off and come fuck with a hoodlum. A what? A hoodlum. A what? You get hooked on. Give you good loving. How nice to a hood song. I know that she wanted. Yeah. I can tell how she looked. What? It. Drop that square <laughs> off and uh. come fuck with a, a what? A hood. Yeah. No one you get hooked. Uh. On. Give you good loving. How nice to a hood song. Baby, this a hood yeah. song. But you know the hood, bro. Uh. I'll be there by 3 a- Yeah. So, you know, that good old classic song, Hoodlum. Yeah. Uh, he might be uh, most, more famous for that one. You know that, that one? That could probably actually work in these times. Oh, yeah. Oh, look, man. Cleophis is a star. Don't get it <laughs> twisted, bro. But anyway, uh, let's you know, let's not get hung up on the superstardom that is Cleophus Cooksey Jr. <clears throat> let's focus on the dark deeds of Cleophus Cooksey Jr. So, uh, Cleophus Cooksey Jr. Uh, Wait, a- that's somebody else's name, other than him? Yeah, his dad. Got <laughs> his, it. His, his father, the man, <laughs> man who gave birth to him, Cleophus. Wow. Cleophus okay. Senior. All right. Uh, so yeah, Cleophus Jr., aka uh, King Playboy, uh, um, he was arrested. Covered in blood at the spot of a December 17th double shooting minutes after police received shots fired call, a shots fired call back in 2017. Ballistics evidence, uh, DNA testing, stolen jewelry, and a stolen mobile phone belonging to one of his victims linked Cooksey to seven murders. Mm. Phoenix authorities say there is a distinct possibility of more victims. So just to read off his known victims, his first victim was a man named Andrew Ramillard. Ramillard. He was 27 years old, and on uh, November 27, 2017, he was shot 
while parked in a car. The motive of this is not unlo- uh, is unknown. He leaves behind a wife and a child. His second victim was named Parker Smith, 21 years old, shot on uh, November 27th, the same day, 2017. Dang. Fatally shot also in a car. Oh, they were shot in a car together. Andrew uh, Ramillard and uh, and Parker Smith were shot together in the same car. So mm. rolled up on them. And I'll get to the details of what his actions were and his little techniques to do this, mm-hmm. but they were shot in the same car. Uh, Salim Richards was 35 years old on December 2nd, 2017. Just, how many days are in November? 31? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so mm-hmm. what's that? Seven days, less than a week of, uh, after killing two people on December 2nd, he uh, stole a Glock from uh, Salim and killed him. Damn. Uh, That's hey, Jesus Real, this is where, oh, you're talking about disrespectful. Jesus Real, age 25, on the same day, who was his girlfriend's uh, brother, wow. uh, shot him in the face twice. Uh, so he leaves behind his brother, uh, uh, Cooksey's ex-girlfriend, and a child, or multiple children. Uh, he was shot on Avondale Road. I don't really, that I don't, if you're from Phoenix, then you know. Who? Uh, 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 Jesus. Oh, okay. Jesus Real. Yeah. Uh, Latoria Beckford was 29 years old. She was shot on December 13th, 2017. So he took a little bit of a break. That was like 10 days. Uh, motive unknown. So nobody really knows why he did it. He's banging off. Yeah, he just had a he had a gun and he was feeling trigger happy. Uh, Christopher Cameron was 21 years old. Three days after or two days after shooting uh, Latoria Beckford on December 15th, uh, he murdered him. He murdered uh, Christopher in Glendale. Uh, and he also leaves behind a one-year-old son, and a, and his girlfriend was pregnant at the time of him being shot, so he has wow. two children. Uh, Maria Villanueva was 43 years old. The day after shooting Christopher Cameron, so on the 16th, uh, Cooksey raped her and killed her. Dang. She leaves behind two daughters, rest in peace to her as well. And then his final two murders, the ones that he was picked up on, were the murder of Renee Cooksey and Edward Nunn, his mother and his mother's boyfriend. So... And that happened on the 17th. So December 15th, 16th, and 17th. Well, December 13th, 15th, 16th, and 17th, he was just out murdering people. Mm. And his last two murders was his mother and his mother's boyfriend. So this dude, you talk about disrespect and all that kind of stuff. He's about as awful as you can to yeah. be. To I'm kill so your own mother is like, that's just something that's broken in you psychologically. It's pretty crazy. Uh, other victims seem to be random. Like I said, there's no motive for them. Uh, slain during meetups set up online or through text messages. So he was pretending to be people, telling them to come meet me here. I want to buy drugs from you, whatever the case may be, to get them to come somewhere and then kill them. Uh, in one case, court records said he planned to buy 14 grams of marijuana from a man he's accused of killing. So he, you know, yeah, I want, I want that gas or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the guy would show up and he'd shoot him in the car. I don't know why. I don't know if he so robbed he, him as well. I don't. But I don't know. It's no motives for any of his killings. No, nope. not even his mom. No, why? I don't know. And again, maybe they do know, but the, the story didn't make it out of Arizona. So only these articles that I was able to find from, you know, six months ago, eight months ago, ten months ago, they don't have much follow up on him. And but like Bruce MacArthur, people were like, let's dive into the psychology <laughs> of what it takes to yeah, be somebody who hacks up a person and puts them in a flower bed and white. Yeah, you get all kind of, they get all kind of, it's all kind of, but again, I'm not going to just, a year ago I was saying that, but now when I get to the Bruce MacArthur story, which is crazy, it is a lot of, it's deep. So there's more to try to figure out as opposed to like a dude with a gun. He still went on a rampage. He so. did, absolutely. He went on a two week, like in, in the span of two, three weeks, he killed nine people. That's crazy. And I want to know the answers, but they don't, they don't want to know the answers as bad as they do about this guy, Bruce MacArthur. Mm. 
you know. So I'm trying to play the middle, but I agree with you. Yes, it is crazy that people don't want to know why he killed all these people. I mean, his name is Cleophas. That should be like headlines. Yeah. <laughs> his name is Cleophas Cooksey. He has two C's and it just plays good, you know. He's a, a rapper. You heard Hoodlum. Yeah. You know, he, maybe he had an inspiring. He, he could have been hot in this that age. That is a hit, man. That was, been, uh, he threw a right uh, beat on that. Uh, hoodlum. Uh, hoodlum. That's the right hook, man. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, as the homicides grew in number, Cooksey appeared to grow bolder, police said. He reportedly masqueraded as one of the victim's cousins, directing a Glendale police officer to the body of a man Cooksey had shot moments before. So he shot the dude, called the police, or went and grabbed a street officer and was like, my cousin, somebody shot him over there. And then he just ran away before they could question him about the details. So he's like getting bold enough to go up to police officers, shoot people not far from police, and then, you know, pretend to be people. I mean, he's escalating in this rampage. This is a, a very dangerous person within this three weeks. If you run into him... Crazy and confident. Yes. Well, with all that rap confidence, you know, I mean, you can't beat that. I wouldn't get ahead it's of like, that. I got, I got bullets and bars? Don't cross me. Uh, so, in another case, police said he shot a man, stole his gun, and a gold-colored necklace, and then hours later, police said Cooksey posted a Facebook photo showing him wearing the newly acquired jewelry and probably, like, holding the gun. I would not be surprised. But he had on the gold chain. My, my grandmama gave me that chain. Took his chain, killed him, mm. and then put it on in a photo. Almost like bragging. Disrespectful, like very I much said, so. man. Very much so, very much so. As of April 2018, Arizona prosecutors were seeking the death penalty for Cleophas for his holiday spree killings. This is all I could find in, like uh, that I'm telling you so far, and then this little bit afterwards. I, I really tried. Not that I don't try every week, but like it was more work. To This is the most... Uh, unreported story that I've done so far. There was not much to go off of other than the surface stuff. So this is a, this is about as all I could find is what I got. Uh, so that was the story of Cleophis Cooksey Jr. Uh, again, I did all I could. I read several articles from local newspapers in Phoenix. That is all the information I had, and that's as of that's as of April, like I said. So, oh, I'm not good at math. Eight nine months. Nine months or so since it's been April. Mm. Um, that's that's all the information that I was able to find. There's no updates. I know that he is still on trial for, and they're trying to get the death penalty. Man. I don't know if he took a plea or anything like that. I don't have any updates. Now you would me, need some connections for you to find out any further information. Yeah, because it didn't make. Now let me tell you this. Now let me move on to my new murder, Bruce MacArthur. Type Bruce MacArthur into your search bar right now. Well, not you specifically, Fran. Not you specifically, Fran. But you could. But anybody that's listening right now. You will see an uh, article from The Guardian, an, gar- an article from The Washington Post, an article from Rolling Stones magazine, an article from The New York Times, an article from, like, a, a BBC, mm-hmm. like, you know, the, the, the publication. Oh, uh, okay. the, An article from BBC. I mean, it all, I mean it's, it's, it's worldwide. And his case came to an end this past week. Hmm. He was convicted on Friday. So, oh, shit. Um, it, and it was, it was, you could watch the trial live on Twitter. What? So it was a whole, this was a whole thing. Is that like new? You can do that? No, I've seen, you can watch live, you can watch live trials sometimes. Depending on, depending on if it's big, if it's sensational, you know. That's crazy. Yeah, you can watch like, sometimes they'll have Well, what's name was on TV, so never mind. OJ was. OJ? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, You can watch trial stuff all the time, like C-SPAN or something. You can catch some trials, but they might not be as juicy as OJ. I'm not 
C-SPAN will never pop up on my TV. <laughs> <Well, so. laughs> all right, so let's get into the difference. So we got Cleophus Jr. That was all the information I was able to get now. Let's talk about Bruce MacArthur. So uh, this is an article from the Washington Post. For years, members of the Toronto's gay community warned that there was a serial killer on the loose. The vulnerable men were going missing with, uh, on streets that were not safe, and they were right. On Friday, this past Friday, so February 8th or whatever this past Friday was, mm-hmm. uh, Bruce MacArthur, a 67-year-old landscaper and former mall Santa. So you never know people, bro. You never know You never know people. This is a guy that people have let their kids sit on his lap, smiled, and he's giving them candy canes and all that kind of shit, and he would go home kill from him. there and kill people. You never, people show you what they want you to see. Mm. So he was a former mall Santa. He was sentenced to life in prison with no chance of parole for 25 years on eight counts of first-degree murder, mm. ending, in a, ending a trial that shocked the city and a country, meaning Canada and Toronto, uh, that likes to see itself as inclusive and safe. MacArthur was arrested for killing and dismembering eight men between 2010 and 2017, hiding seven of the corpses in planters and the eighth in a ravine. But that already blows out. Cleophas' story. That's what I was saying, man. I I, I wanted close. it to be. I wanted it to be, like, well, this did this got more sensationalized because he's white and nah. Cleophas is black. No, Cleophas just used the gun. You know, this is he's killing gay guys in Canada, Way cutting them up. You know, cutting them up, hiding people in water, hiding people in plants. It's just he deserves. And that's a weird word to use. People want to know more. There's it's more complicated. Where Cleophas is like, I don't know, at best, he's crazy. That's the, At best, it's yeah. like, he's he lost it, He something slipped mm-hmm. in his mind. Bruce MacArthur is like, how did he get away with it for 10 years? And with that, that effort, shit. Yeah. I want to know but, what happened to you. And again, though, how did he get away with it is a lot of it is like people are like, oh, did he get away with it because he was killing gay people and immigrants, which I'll get to. But he was killing marginalized people. So maybe people weren't looking as hard for the killer of this gay man, hmm. you know? But I'll get to that. Um... At a sentencing hearing th- uh, that ended this past Tuesday, so like I said, this past week, so when I say Tuesday, I mean Tuesday the, f- the 5th of February or whatever, uh, Canadians heard how he lured, um, lured and murdered men he met in Toronto's gay village, which is not a very clever name. I'm kind of disappointed in Toronto gays. Like, uh, It's called what? It's called gay village. Mm-hmm. Like how Chinatown or Little Italy, mm-hmm. they just were like gay village. They could have called it like Rainbow Utopia or Rainbow Village or well, if they call it that, then it's not really that big of a deal. What, gay village? I just mean it's not creative. Oh, oh, yeah, I, thought, like, I thought gay. you were saying like, oh, it should be. I thought we're you gay, saying. so gay village? Like, ah, it's not really creative, man. We're Chinese Chinatown. That's what I mean. I just I I expect more from the gays. Is what I mean. <laughs> now, they're creative and all this kind of stuff. I just gay village is just so not imaginative. I'm Italian, Little Italy. It's like, ah, whatever. I don't know. But a gay village? Come on, man. You guys are more than gay. You guys are a lot of different kinds of amazing things, and mm-hmm. you should put that in your name, but gay village. So uh, so uh, he would meet these men in uh, gay village and then post the corpses in costumes, keeping the pictures of each victim in uh, labeled digital folders on his computer. Wow. Yeah, this shit is it's way more complicated so than you can see it all the time. Huh? Yeah, yes. uh-huh. go back and trophies. They're trophies. Ugh. They're trophies. They're trophies. That's sick. Uh, they learned MacArthur was stopped when police raided his home, finding a man tied to a bed. He was the potential ninth victim. Uh, the court heard this, and MacArthur had a folder already waiting on his computer. 
like with oh, the guy's name. Like he, oh yeah, he was tied up on the bed. It was like I'm gonna kill you, take put put you in his clothes and take a photo and drag and drop you right in my little trophies folder. He probably explained it to him. That's why he was tied up to the bed. Yeah, it's like fucking yo, Silence of the Lambs is the craziest movie. When he that guy's like. You know, put the lotion on your skin and all this kind of stuff because he wants to wear the skin. Like, yeah, that's tell it, disgusting. Treating it like, oh. treating her like an object that he's about to. I want, I want the skin nice and soft when I cut it off. You like, <laughs> you know, so that, I couldn't imagine him being like, uh, I'm gonna pose you, I'm gonna kill you, and I'm gonna pose you in some nice clothes. I'm gonna take a photo of you and put you on my. Can't wait. Put you on my wait, desk- what? Put you on my desktop. Man, let me go, man. <laughs> uh, so in a city that prides itself on being gay friendly and welcoming to new Canadians, MacArthur sought men marginalized by their sexuality ethnicity, immigration status, or poverty. So, like, forgotten people. He really, he targeted people who didn't, who he knew wouldn't have, like, people to fall on or might be kind of outcast and maybe wouldn't be missed, for lack of a better uh, term to say. I'm sure, obviously, people missed him. They have friends and family, but, like, the police wouldn't miss him. They'd be like, I don't know, he died or something. Not surprised. Easy targets. Easy targets, yes. Uh, Most of his victims were refugees or immigrants. Several struggled with substance abuse. Some had not even revealed that they were gay. Mm. The details of the case are so brutal that crimes, the crimes so depraved that the headlines at times obscured the fact that eight men. So here are the names and bear with me because they're all like a a lot of them are um, immigrants from Mm. uh, Middle Eastern countries. We got uh, Skandaraj Navaratnam, Majid Kaihan. Abdul Basir Fazi, Sorush Mahamudi, Karushna Kumar Kanagaratnam, Dean Lissowick, uh, very normal, yeah. but watch the last name, Salim Essen, and Andrew Kinsman. So that's just like a needle in the haystack there, that last guy. Andrew Kinsman. Andrew. Andrew Kinsman. He is, uh, I believe he was the last one, but I'll get it. It's in here. That's the one they found tied up. Is that him? No, he's that. He oh. he, he was killed. The last guy they found tied up was alive. He was alive. Oh, uh-huh, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, so they busted on him like mid about oh. to kill. You know, so that's crazy. That guy's lucky as hell. Yeah. Uh, so all these men had been killed. And uh, now with the trial over, advocates want to put focus back on why so many people died before police cracked the case. Some have argued that police response was slowed by homophobia and racism. Uh, that the force might have acted more quickly if different men had appeared. Like straight white men. Or mm-hmm. Maybe even straight black men. I don't know Canada. Maybe Canada just, you know, they're, maybe they're just implying that Canada has a problem with gay people. Maybe not race, race, race problems. Because I've talked to some some Canadian people who have reached out to me, like, on social media, like, I listened to your podcast. I'm so sorry about, you know, I wish America would get it together. We don't even have that problem in Canada. Like but it's racial like, problem? Yeah, but it's typically, like, a white person telling me that. So I'm like, I mean, you don't see it, maybe. But, yeah. you know, racism is, racism is more complicated and more prevalent than people like to believe it is. And just because... Uh, you know, there's not videos of, you know, people calling Canadian people nigger at Starbucks. Doesn't mean, like, black people in your country don't feel marginalized or right. oppressed. You just don't, you just don't see it. It's not a, as obvious as it's, as it is when it's coming from America. Right. People getting shot on the streets and all this kind of stuff like that. But, like, racism exists in all forms and facets. And let's not just, call, don't just, I'm not saying don't message me. I welcome the messages and I'm open to having a dialogue. But he's but not to, black. Just to make the whole thing. Who? Just be quick about it. That dude, that message. Well, it was, it's been a couple people in 
they were women, but oh well, it was more yeah, of like a sympathy. I mean. It was a sympathy kind of thing. Like, oh. oh my god, like I wish America could get it together. Like, no, him. but I understand what you're saying. Yeah, you're yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. I, I understand. Don't, what they you don't mean. see. They it. don't see it. Right. I understand what you're saying. And yes, that is yes, that is what I was getting around to. It's like you don't see it, so don't just say it doesn't exist. That's yeah. really a bold statement. Um, <laughs> but again, I'm not from Canada, so maybe I'm right. wrong. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's yeah. great over there. I mean, I would hope so. I hope so. I always like to believe in people. Yeah. Maybe I'm just wrong. I'm just being a pessimist, and I'm like, America's so terrible that everywhere's got to be terrible, right? But I could be wrong. Maybe Canada's not racist, and everything, everybody gets along with everybody, and it's just isolated incidents. That would be nice. That would be it's great. Uh, so Toronto's gay village is a, co- is a couple blocks of shops, restaurants, and bars in the heart of the city. It was there in the nineteen uh, in the early nineteen eighties that police raided bathhouses and spurred Canada's gay rights movement. So they called it Gay Village because in the nineteen eighties uh, there was all these police raids on because this was like the hot spot for gays in the eighties mm-hmm. and they raided the town, beat up gay people, dragged them out of these bathhouses and invaded their privacy. And so it's almost like kind of like the mecca of the gay rights movement in mm-hmm. Canada because it it all sparked that night. You know, this mm. was the night on this street in this little area. Uh, there was a, a spark of gay rights movement in Canada. And now it's just kind of monumentalized as gay village mm. from that moment. Uh, so MacArthur was a regular in the area. Kyle Ray, Toronto's first openly gay city councilor, recalled seeing him around. He said, I remember seeing Bruce MacArthur sitting outside Starbucks. He was a fixture. So people knew this. They saw this guy. And he was yeah. like a mall Santa. They just kind of go, oh, it's just that old little bear or whatever the gay <laughs> term they use for him. You know, I don't know his his physique. Mm-hmm. I'm picturing a bear. He was kind of a big, burly white guy. He played Santa. I'm thinking he was a bear. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first victim to go missing was uh, Navarat. Oh, Jesus, I'm sorry. Uh, Navaratnam. He was a refugee who fled Sri Lanka and settled in Toronto. Keep in mind, all these men are either closetedly gay or openly gay coming from countries that will, like, cut your head off for being gay. Mm -hmm. It's, like, serious, you know? So, because, again, he found them in Gay Village. Hmm. So they were just trying to, you know, escape the the oppression from their country, go out and dance and be free and have a fun night and be able to be themselves. themselves. right. And this guy preyed on that and took advantage of it. Um, he was, he was last seen leaving a village bar in September, 2010. In December of the same year, Fizi, originally from Afghanistan, vanished. By 2012, Kaihan, also an immigrant from Afghanistan, was gone too. The disappearances of three men sparked an investigation called Project Houston, for which officers interviewed Bruce MacArthur. Eventually, the effort was disbanded and the killing resumed. So, in around 2012, they formed this kind of task force to find out what happened to these three missing immigrants. They interviewed Bruce MacArthur, and they were like, eh, oh, well, I don't know. He, he seemed all right to me. And then right after that, the killing started again. That's crazy. Uh, in 2016, MacArthur was interviewed for a second time after a man claimed MacArthur had tried to choke him. Detectives did not press charges. The officers who handled that case, Sergeant Paul Gutier, uh, and... Oh, just one officer. The officer who handled that case, Sergeant Paul Gutier, now faces professional misconduct charges. Good. If you do your job, that's the whole thing about me with policing in this country. I'm like, policing, doctor, working at 
Arby's, working at Aldi, working at Trader Joe's, if you do your job poorly, you shouldn't just be immune to be losing your job or, mm. or, or criticism or anything like that, you know? So this guy didn't do his job well. People died. So he's up on professional misconduct charges. He didn't file. This guy was involved in a, in a he was a suspect in something that already happened. Mm -hmm. And now he's has a violent moment. And then you just go, I don't know. Don't worry about it. He's old. Or whatever he did. So people just kept giving this guy breaks, man. Uh, the big break in the case came in June of 2017 when Andrew Kinsman, a white Canadian-born activist with deep ties to the community, went missing. By July, Project Prism was launched to look into the disappearance and another recent case. So they, so it took three men to get Project Houston started, which died out. Mm -hmm. And then this one white gay gay guy from Canada got, and one other person who they didn't even mention in the story, Pay. got a whole new project started and led to him getting arrested some August, September, October, November, December, five months after it started up, you know, Man. whereas project Houston started in 2012 and just ended. And so five years passed and who knows what he did in that time. I'm sure he wasn't <laughs> not killing. Right. Uh, so, um, like I said, uh, so they started a new uh, project called project prism, which was, you know, a police task force or whatever. Many in the community say they were convinced a serial killer was on the loose uh, an idea the police dismissed about a month before Bruce MacArthur was caught. Uh, the detective said, we follow, we follow the evidence, and the evidence is telling us that that's not the case right now. Keep in mind, he was caught in December. So right before he was caught, a police chief was like, nah, those gay people in that, in that uh, gay village, they're wrong. It's not a serial killer. We don't, the evidence isn't saying that. And then like three weeks after that, they arrested Bruce MacArthur. Wow. So they... You gotta believe people, man. You gotta at least listen and follow up on it, you know? Well, they professionals, so they're saying, they, they, they don't know. They don't know. We're better at, at this than yeah. them, but they were wrong. Uh, the evidence today tells us that there is not a serial killer, is what he said. Uh, so, Ray, the city, the former city council member, said that uh, the residents believe that there could be a serial killer, and uh, that needs to be reflected by the city, and they need to believe. Um, it needs to be reflected by the city, but the city wants to believe that it's safe. So, basically, that he was saying, the city is saying we're supposed to be this all-inclusive city and, you know, um, the happiest place and all this kind of stuff. So we don't really want the stain of a serial killer is on the loose or killing gay people or whatever. So he's saying that's what played a role in why they didn't want to believe the people in Gay Village. Is that they were like, that'll kind of make us look bad because that doesn't happen here. It's a terrible reason. Yeah. They said this is part of the culture of Toronto and Canada. We are Toronto the good. That can't happen here, but this type of murder can happen here, he said. In 2000, in January of 2018, police arrested MacArthur on two counts of murder. After nine months of sitting through, of sifting through remains buried at a property where he once worked, mm. police charged him with eight counts of murder. Bruce MacArthur will probably spend the rest of his life behind bars in Toronto, as, as well as the rest of the world, hopefully will learn to listen to the voices of the marginalized. And those are the ones they found. That's they found. Exactly. Mm. I think there's more, but I don't know. Um, That's scary. So that was the comparison of Bruce MacArthur and Cleophas Cooksey Jr., uh, a case study that I started a year ago, which majorly developed, and I don't put race on why the Bruce MacArthur case is getting more attention. Mm -hmm. I did a year ago. That was my whole case study, and my case study was disproven yeah. because white people just do this shit more interestingly. Yeah, I just did that it's like just, five minutes ago until you told the stories. Yeah, it's just, they, 
look, man, white men, they do this shit, man. Cleophas was like, I got a gun. I'm going to kill nine people for whatever reason. And Bruce MacArthur just took it to another level, man, cutting people up yeah. and, you know, preying on immigrants and gay. It just, they they just, hey. They go hard or go home. They're the Michael Jordans of the shit, man. And, you know, we'll be here to tell the stories of the, of the people who do the fucked up shit. But at the end of the day, right after we leave here, it's going to be some white dude. It's like, he ate seven people. And it's like, fuck, man. I mean, we're trying to, we're trying to yeah. say, hey, man, let's not, let's stop fixating on Charles Manson and, and Ted Bundy and, 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 and John Wayne Gacy and, and Ed Gein. Let's, let's, let's stop focusing on these people and stop saying things like they got away with it or they did this because they're intelligent and sly and, and clever because there are people of all types of races who commit these horrendous crimes and it's not just these white men who are so clever and sneaky and cold-blooded assassins. But like when we try to do that, we get disproven every time. They, I mean, that's the whole point of this podcast. It is, but <laughs> then Bruce MacArthur's stories yeah. come out, and it's like, well, shit. I mean, that's what I mean. I'm trying to fucking give y'all a break. I'm trying to, I'm trying to say, stop judging white men and judge all men. But then you know, they mm-hmm. give us another reason to be scared and judge that I'm gonna end up a lampshade. I want to. I want people to think anybody could turn you into a lampshade. But you know, I mean. White people making it hard. Man. <laughs> white guys are making it really hard to try to be like, "Hey, man, don't don't be scared of that white guy. Be scared of all guys, because they all could do it." But it's like, no, I mean, not that specifically. Nah. Eat you or dress you up when you're dead and all that kind of shit. It's a lot of work, and I haven't heard aside from that guy, Marty. That's my guy. That well, he's not your guy. He's a well, you know what shit. I mean. The story. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> that was that was pretty crazy. But even that, he wasn't like doing anything really complicated no, to the people. He, he just was just leaving mentally. them. Yeah, he just was leaving them and just living in squalor and leave, living with dead bodies around. He wasn't, like, dressing them up. Nah. Anyway, uh, those were my two affirmative murders this week. Uh, Fran, I know you got a little confident last week, but um, I'm coming back. Okay. Back to back, like Drake would say. And I uh, just got to know, man, are, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, let's do this. And now, it's time for True Crime's Hottest Game Show. Frazzle! Fran! Frazzle Fran, Frazzle Fran, solves a riddle like no one can. If he fails, that's okay, he's a superstar either way. Look out, it's time to Frazzle Fran. That's right, folks. Welcome to the hottest true crime game show in the streets, Frazzle Fran. The game show where I try to frustrate, flummox, and fluster my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. I almost flustered myself just now. And, Fran, are you ready? Yeah. Get all right. Stretch on. Uh, stretch, get all limbered, get limbered out, and everything like yep. that. All right, cool. Your case this week <clears throat> A man builds a fortified structure to keep out his neighbors, but dies before it's completed. By the time his successor finishes the structure, it's so large that it can be seen from outer space. The mystery I need you to solve, in what country was this structure built and what is it called? Hint, it is not the wall on the southern border and the answer is not Donald Trump. Mm. Boom. Roasted him. Bam. Um, <laughs> your clues. The structure is north of the equator. That just... 
that means nothing to you. <laughs> uh, the structure took centuries to complete. Building started in the third century before Christ. The structure takes its name from its country and is part of a dynasty's legacy. The structure's average height is 25 feet and it's more than 1,500 miles long. The structure is popular. The structure is a popular Chinese tourist destination. What in what country was the structure built, and what is it called? Hmm. This is a tough one. Is I'm gonna go with the Great Wall of China. Boom! I gave you another. That was another easy one. I, if you wouldn't have got that one, I probably would have just canceled first. <laughs> <laughs> the last clue was like Chinese people love it. Yeah. Uh, yes, that is correct. Uh, the Great Wall of China is the answer, and it was built in China. Uh, Fran has not been flustered or flummoxed or frazzled this week, even though you know I gave him kind of softball. I want to build his confidence up, and then I so that when I hit him with sure. the ones when I hit him with the ones that have like references to movies and things like that, those are the ones I can't do. I don't no. want to hear his excuses. I just I'll be like, well, you got two, you got two under your belt, so now I don't want to hear your complaints. So that's right. Fran was not fl- uh, uh, frazzled again this week. And so he gets to ride off into the sunset triumphantly. And we'll be back next week to try to flummox and fluster and frazzle this motherfucker. Uh, (laughs) Damn, all right. I'm sorry, I didn't mean, that was rude, man. I didn't mean to do that, man. That was rude. But uh, this has been another episode of Affirmative Murder. And uh, I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in True Crown, Franco Evans. Come see you guys next week. Deuces. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.